We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at His Hard Line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our Sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He's in the captain's chair. He's at the helm. He's behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. Today is Friday, September 22nd, 2023, and you are listening to episode 607 Today's show title is called Pay Attention, and we'll be doing a reading out of Job chapter 6. I want to clarify that I'm not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice, and additionally, I do not have a political degree or have had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-lettered agencies that are corrupt like the CIA or FBI. And while I am a member in good standing of the MGJA, and yes, I do advocate for your participation in your local general general assemblies, I am not the official face or voice of the national state or county assemblies. I also want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and Tactical Civics, or any other organizations outside the Michigan model. And I've never participated in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and Company. And furthermore, do not endorse or advocate for violence. I am not a party to any cult, the Freemasons, and I'm certainly not one of those many reprobative and delinquent miscreants who are actively trying to implode the general general assemblies. Please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own unless otherwise referenced.
All right. So my wife went to a local wellness spa and she did one of those uh, ionized foot detox baths. All I'm going to say is she absolutely loved it. It made her feel really, really good afterwards when she got home. And if she's awake by the end of the show, we will have a uh, bug a wife segment. Um, I'm going to let her rest, though. I'm not going to wake her up on purpose just so she can, you know, I can get her on the show. But, um, yeah, she did uh, an ionized foot detox, which is a holistic wellness treatment that involves soaking your feet in a, uh, a basin of water, uh, warm water, right? Uh, while a device generates uh, currents to produce a, what do you want to call it? Produce a positively and negatively charged ions. And the concept behind this therapy is that it helps draw out toxins and heavy metals and other impurities from the body through the feet. Uh, now, how, here's pretty much how it generally works. Uh, there's a special machine that's used to create an electrical uh, current in the water, um, which separates the water mo molecules into ions, uh, and specifically um, positively charged ions, which are called uh, cations, if I'm pronouncing this properly. It's spelled C-A-T-I-O-N-S, or cations, maybe? And then um, also into negatively charged ions, which are called anions. Now, when my wife was doing this, she was saying that she was um, she was feeling like there was little slight bouts of tingling. Uh, she said it was not not painful at all, but she said it felt weird because you could tell, like you could feel the slight electrical current charge that was kind of going up into her legs and into her uh even borderline her abdomen it was really quite interesting i actually kind of want to try this out myself now um they're not real expensive uh the one we went to if you just do the basic foot uh detox it's like for 30 minutes i think it is you you pay 39 dollars um if you do like the deluxe you do 30 minutes of that and then like 15 minutes of uh foot massage where they put a you know nice lotion on of sorts i'm sure it's a good lotion because they're very natural path and holistic up there so it's not like that garbage right take toxins out only to put new ones back in no it's nothing like that but um they rub your feet they take care you know it's 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 i don't know exactly the type of pampering they did hopefully katie will be up at the you know tail end of the show and uh, she can explain her experience but it was well worth it so i'm thinking about doing it too um now the person that would undergo this type of treatment, like my wife did, uh, what happens is you immerse your feet in the water, right? It's like a little foot tub. And the negatively charged ions are, you know, basically what they're doing is it absorbs through the pores in the feet while positively charging, you know, the ions or while the positively charged ions react with the neutralized toxins and waste products in the body. Now, as the session progresses, the water in the basin changes color which is often attributed to the release of the toxins from the body and let me tell you and my wife has shown me the before the middle of it and the end of the uh, of the uh, what do you want to call it the, the session the 30-minute session oh my god yeah there was definitely a lot of stuff that got pulled out and um but anyway it is important to know because remember i'm not a doctor this is not a health show right we are not uh, what you would call professionals that um 
are studious in this type of uh, field or this space, but it is important to note, again, just for clarity, because I do not need people coming after me and be like, oh, I'm, I'm taking all this advice as serious medical advice. And, and if it doesn't work, I'm going to sue Jason. No, because remember, it is important to note that the scientific evidence supporting this effectiveness of ionized foot detox treatments is limited, just FYI. And yes, the concept behind these treatments are considered controversial, even, you know, regardless of what I think, okay, because I have my own opinions, but um, there are some proponents that claim various health benefits, which I can honestly see and believe myself. I'll just say that. Uh, like I said, such as uh, improved energy levels, which my wife certainly experienced, uh, reduced inflammation, which I can certainly see why, because when you see what came out and how the color of this water, I could definitely see how uh, inflammation could be reduced and the detoxification in your body could definitely be reduced as well. Uh, these claims are not widely accepted, of course, within the medical and scientific communities. Gee, I wonder why. Do you want to know why, ladies and gentlemen? I'll tell you exactly why. It's because it's not widely accepted. The reason it's not widely accepted is because it works, right? And in 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 our own humble estim, estimated opinion, and from our own application and experiences, right? And it takes away from their profiteering, and it hinders their ability to sell more drugs that end up hurting your body and possibly killing you down the road. You know, this is what they do. They poison us. This is part of their depopulation agenda. You know, why do you think vaccines are free, right? We all know vaccines are the number one leading cause of why children have autism, right? Because of the toxic metals and the mercury that's in it. You ever wonder why they just give these vaccines free? You ever wonder why the flu shots are free, but yet they can't give an EpiPen for free for, for allergies, right? Severe allergy flare-ups. They give all these vaccines for free and flu shots for free, but you can't get an EpiPen for free or you can't get, um, I don't know, vitamin D for free. Forget medical drugs. You can't even get vitamin D for free, but you can get shots for free. Figure that one out. And so that's what this, that's what this ionized foot detox does. It pulls out the impurities out of your body. Now, let me tell you, I will say this, and I'm hoping she wakes up so she can explain it further, but she felt great afterwards. And what the lady was telling her is, look, you're going to probably feel uh, an increased uh, urge to want to, you know, uh, basically pee or go uh, the other type of bathroom, right? The number two type, because what your body's still doing is it's, uh, it still has those ions kind of being charged through your body and it wants to continue the process of detoxification. So she was like, you're probably going to feel the urge to have to go to the bathroom more frequently than you normally do. Um, it was quite interesting. So, I mean, here's the thing. It really was simply amazing to see what got pulled out in that ionized foot detox process. And my wife, like I said, experienced higher levels of energy and she felt great all day yesterday in her abdominal pain that landed her in the ER just a little over a week ago. Um, uh, that pain, you know, is, has been all week, just kind of off and on coming and going, coming and going. Like, it's really strange. Personally, I think I have my own opinions on that, but I'm, I'm going to leave that alone because again, it's, it, I'm not a doctor. Um, but yesterday she experienced a great day yesterday. There was no pains, nothing like that detox did something. So I think we're going to continue to do that. Um, it almost seems, like I said, it almost seems like this natural treatment, right? This ionized foot detox is pretty much equivalent to grounding outside in your grass, but on like 
mega steroids, right? Because grounding outside barefoot also helps you detox and gives you higher levels of energy, right? Helps you lower your blood pressure and it does something in your body. It was quite just amazing to, to, to see the after effects of that. In fact, let's put it this way. I know these ionized foot detox baths are very expensive. We've even considered even possibly buying one. I know they can range up in the four or $500 range, but you know, we have so much stuff in our house. It's like, okay, where do we put this thing? <laughs> you know, cause we're like, you know, our house is only so big and we have so much stuff and you know, it seems like we're constantly purging stuff to try to fit, you know, fit something else that benefits us and we have to get rid of something else. So it's like, all right, we need to figure this out. Um, so anyways, there's that <clears throat> now kind of on this topic, right? While we are pressing forward, um, in this quest for improved health and self-awareness, there's a profound, you know, there's a very profound revelation that's emerging among men and women in this country and actually around the world. But, you know, every illness, um, or disease, it begins with a single ailing cell in the body. Right now, this realization became a cornerstone of my own personal journey, uh, my own personal health journey, uh, which unveils the uh, which unveiled the intricate phenomenon of what's called autophagy fasting, um, which basically is, you know, it gives our body an innate healing process. It's a process that. Um, unfolds within a complex tapestry of 75 to 100 trillion cells constituting our body, right? Our being. Um, additionally, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit, a little bit further, but additionally, you know, the finally there's understanding. Um, we have, a, how should I say this? We have more of an understanding of the use and the benefits of using ivermectin right? Particularly the horse pace. That's what we use. We use the horse pace, which by the way, I got to get on um, KV supply and order some more. Um, but, you know, using the ivermectin as a preventative protocol uh, to rid ourselves of parasites, right? I mean, here's the thing. We are the only country in the world that does not do a normal, regular uh, parasite cleanse on an annual basis at minimum. Um, we are the only country that doesn't do that. Other, you know, people around the world, they do a regular protocol. They have regular parasite cleanses that they do, but we don't. You ever wonder why? Because big pharma is big business here in the United States corporation. They want us sick. See, hospitals and big pharma does not make money off healthy people. So for anyone that is wondering, by the way, autophagy fasting, I engage in this and it works well. Um, is a dietary strategy, and I usually hate to use that word dietary, but it is a strategy strategy that involves fasting for a specific period of time. For me, I do it for roughly about twenty to twenty four hours, depending. The other day, I went, the other day I went like twenty six or twenty uh, twenty six, yeah, about twenty six hours. Felt fine, absolutely fine. Did not have one single thing to eat all day except maybe a couple cups of coffee, some water, lemon water, right? So I mean, technically, I guess it wasn't true fasting because I had lemon water, right? It does have some elements of pulp in there. So I guess I didn't have a true, true fast, but I didn't sit down eating a burger or mashed potatoes or a snack in general, like just straight fasting for 24 plus hours. Now, during this fasting period, once your body has burned through much of its stored uh, carb energy, right? Your carbohydrate energy, uh, which typically comes from like sugars, refined, you know, stuff like that, breads, pizza, you know, stuff like that. 
um, it results in a lower glyce glycogen levels. Um, and what, what happens is then your body enters into a state of ketosis where the fats are then now broken down for energy. Now, this is how I personally lost about 49 pounds back in 2018, 2019. Um, it's called being fat adaptive. Okay. Now, if you do the hunter gatherer diet or the paleo diet, or you just simply just, you know, just stick to real food, your body will naturally go to this. Okay. Because remember pastas and pizzas and snicker bars it did not exist. Um, really for that long, if you think about it, um, and all this stuff destroys our body, right? These sugars. Now, intriguingly enough, the choices that we make regarding what we nourish our bodies with and how we care for ourselves hold a very, you know, it holds the power to either um, fortify our bodies, right? Or it has the power to impair this remarkable healing process, right? So knowledge indeed is the key to empowerment. But in today's society, today's era, where we where the deluge of information can be overwhelming, right? Because there's misinformation and disinformation, and blah, 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 blah. All right. You know, we have to rely on our own instincts and become um, very in tune, right? Using discernment. It becomes very paramount in our everyday lives. And as we evolve and acquire wisdom, you know, our intuition sharpens, which enables us to attune to a higher frequencies within ourselves. Now, you know, this transformative journey often commences with a deep exploration of the world's complexities, but transcends more or mere external understanding. It's really a profound realization when you think about it, that we, we are not ordinary men and women. Rather, we are, I'm trying to use proper words here. We, I would say, are very powerful beings, right? We are powerful beings infused with the essence of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, which help us navigate through this earthly existence. And now this awakening is granting us an inner knowing, right? That's like the best way I can put it. It's like an inner knowing that transcends rational explanation. Now, shifting gears just a little bit. So as we shift our focus to recent events, you know, this scamdemic pandemic, right, that we dealt with a couple few years ago appears as a... I, it, to me personally, it appeared as if it was like a very significant test of our collective resilience, right? Are we going to comply very easily? I think that's one of the reasons why we saw that whole toilet paper shortage, right? They wanted to see how, 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 how you know, they wanted to see if mass formation psychosis, um, I think they wanted to test to see how bad the mass formation psychosis really was. And lo and behold, because of what a few people said out there in the news media, all of a sudden toilet paper just became a, a really, you know, hard thing to get. But it seems as if they sought to gauge the limits to which we could be pushed, right? That's what, what COVID kind of seemed. That's what it seemed like. Um, regrettably, many, many succumbed to the fear, willingly confined themselves, and these actions were fueled by a barrage of propagandized falsehoods. Um, and, and, you know, but however... Amidst these challenging times that, you know, we still seem to find ourselves in, there is a, you know, there is a silver lining. All right. There is a silver lining. 
Because remember, I never want to be considered the doom and gloom podcast. There's no way I want to do that. Absolutely not, because I hate that. But the scamdemic pandemic awakening, or I should say awakened a substantial segment of the populace, right, to the hidden agendas that were at play and the reasons behind them. Those with discerning minds grasp the reality of the situation. And the moment has now arrived to assert that we will not accept anything less than our rightful freedom and control over our lives. Again, one of the many reasons why we reassemble our states. Okay, I know I keep coming back to this, but there is a reason why this is so important. See, the increasing number of people, the men and women, right, that are establishing personal boundaries, they're over it. And they're forming, more people are forming close-knit communities. We certainly have here at the His Hard Line community. Yes, we might be geographically spread apart from Florida to California and across different countries like, you know, the UK and Australia to Canada to South America to Belize to you name it. To Sweden, Germany, right? But we are a tight-lit community. And I agree. I like what Rietta says. She goes to his hardline, the his hardline family rocks. Well, it would not rock without you guys, okay? And it would not rock without, obviously, Jesus Christ being, you know, in our presence, the Holy Spirit, okay? That's why it's called his hardline for anybody out there that was wondering, is his hardline Jason's hardline? No, it's not my hardline. It's a hardline that I will uphold, but it's not my hardline. It's the hard line that Jesus lays down that we need to hold, that we need to, you know, we need to tow that line. We need to make sure that line never gets crossed by the enemy. And, you know, we, we're like, you know, Rietta just, you know, reiterated here, we are absolutely nothing without Jesus. She's absolutely right. We always have to glorify God in everything we do and everything that he gives us, right? And by glorifying Jesus, we are taking charge of our own health and we are rejecting the dominance of big pharma and the state. Okay. Cause again, we have to protect our body temples. Taking a sip of coffee for a moment. I cannot let it go cold. I love this coffee. Mm -mm -mm. So good. I love this coffee. It's by a local coffee company right up the road from our house. They uh, they brew it, and when they when they brew the coffee, or they let it soak, or whatever their process is, you could see the smoke roll out like the exhaust from the factory, the little mini factory. And when I drive my semi past it, I literally stop my semi and allow the 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 factory fumes. All right, I say fumes. Fumes are bad, but like the the smells, the aroma of the coffee beans being brewed. Oh man, I'll just sit there sometimes for two, three, four minutes and just smell it. So good, so freaking good. Um, but but here's the thing: the fine men and women of our country, right, of the world, right, because this is now an international community. Yes, it's a small one, but we are an international community here. It's our line. The fine men and women, not just at this community, but other communities, they're harmonizing now with nature. Jason, what are you talking about? It sounds like some hippy-dippy stuff. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe the hippies were onto something back in the day, all right? 
we're tuning into God's creations, right, that surround us, um, disentangling themselves, ourselves, right, from the established system, which many call the matrix. I know I call it the matrix. And we are not merely learning about who we are, but we are defining how we expect to be treated. Importantly, we are also refusing to tolerate anything that does not align with our principles. We're not putting those damn masks back on. We are not going to inoculate ourselves with garbage. We're not going to allow an establishment with teachers who want to destroy the mental health, forget about the physical health, but also the mental health of our children by allowing drag queen story hour and having teachers tell little Johnny it's okay if he wants to do a little snip and tuck and become a girl. No. These are the lines that we need to hold. Again, protect the body temple, protect the children, protect your minds, protect your heart, and guard your soul, right? This is what God has called us to do. And together we are committed to constructing a world where freedom and respect are, ladies and gentlemen, the guiding principles with the divine presence at the helm. That would be God, Father in heaven. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to emphasize the profound duty that we all share as guardians of truth, right, and justice. We have a higher calling a noble mission by God to awaken, to help be a part of the awakening of mankind and to the, uh, the injustices that have been perpetrated by the elites, not only in our own country, but across this world. You know, just as Ronald Reagan alluded to during his presidency, we must remain vigilant, right? As the fate of our nation depends on it. See, our awareness of these critical issues is the first step towards finding solutions. And it's imperative to recognize the gravity of the situation. See, these individuals, these people, they are driven by malevolent forces. It's, it doesn't take a spiritual professional to see this. And they will stop at nothing. I think we all know that. Even those that are working on lower levels, they must be held accountable. And we see those people on the lower levels. We know who they are. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's essential to identify the true nature of the enemy, right, and their sinister intentions. This, this understanding will propel us to become active contributors to the solution and to dismantle these malevolent entities. So now as we move forward, let's, we're going to get into some compelling audio pieces that I have. Uh, we're going to get into the reading first, and then I've got some audio pieces we're going to kind of dig into a little bit, maybe have some commentary on, and then obviously we'll end it in prayer. Um, but I have some audio pieces that will help further uh, shed some more light on this path towards positive change, right? Because again, we have to know who the enemy is. We need to pay attention, hence the title of the show. Right, And we can make a difference and stand up for a better world. So before I get into the reading, let me take another good gulp of my Magnum coffee. In the His Hardline coffee mug that says Katie. I guess today my name is Katie, guys. Not as good looking, though. I must have a hole through my lip. Got some coffee in my shirt. My Lord, this is why we can't have nice things, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <laughs> still, it's still early for me. Okay. I say early. It's not really early. I'd be like eating a snack by now if I was at work, you know. All right. Job chapter six. Job's friends are no help here in his, in this case. All right. As we get into this reading, 
Okay, starting with verse 1. Then Job answered, Oh, that my grief were actually weighed and laid in the balances together with my calamity. For then it would be heavier than the sand of the seas. Therefore, my words have been rash. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. Their poison my spirit drinks. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Does the wild donkey bray over his grass? Or does the ox lay lay over his fodder? Can something tasteless be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? My soul refuses to touch them. They are like the loathsome food to me. Oh, that my request might come to pass and that God would grant my longing. Now, would... Would that God were willing to crush me or would that God were willing to crush me that he would lose his hand and cut me off, but it is still my consolation. And I reject an unsparing pain that I have not denied the words of the Holy one. What is my strength that I should wait? And what is my end that I should endure is my strength, the strength of stones or is my flesh bronze? Is it that my help is not within me and that deliverance is driven from me? For the despairing man, there should be kindness from his friend so that he does not forsake the fear of the Almighty. My brothers have acted deceitfully like a wadi, like the torrents of wadis which vanish, which are turbid because of ice and into which the snow melts. When they become waterless, they are silent. When it's hot, they vanish from their place. The paths of their course wind along. They go up into nothing and perish. The caravans of Tema looked. The travelers of Sheba hoped for them. They were disappointed, for they had trusted. They came there and were confounded. Indeed, you have now become such. You see a terror and are afraid. Have I said, give me something or offer a bribe for me from my from your wealth? Or deliver me from the hand of the adversary. Or redeem me from the hand of the tyrants. Teach me, and I will be silent. And show me how I have erred. How painful are honest words. But what does your argument prove? Do you intend to reprove my words? When the words of my, excuse me, when the words of one in despair belong to the wind, You would even cast lots for the orphans and barter over your friend. Now please look at me and see if I lie to your face. Desist now, let there be no injustice. Even desist, my righteousness is yet in it. Is there injustice on my tongue? Cannot my palate discern calamities? And that is the reading of Job chapter 6. Now just for the record, I think this version that I grabbed this from is from the new... American Standard Bible 95 edition. So I I just want you guys to know, even though my preferred preference is the New American Bible Revised Edition, uh, which is, you know, it's got the 73 books, it's got the seven Apocrypha books, I tried to switch it up. I try to do NASB, NABRE, the New King James, you know, if I feel bold enough, maybe the Geneva Bible, I try to switch it up a little bit, okay? But those are the ones that I typically try to stay within, you know, just to provide a little... A diversity in the versions of the Bibles, just FYI, you know, because I know everybody has a preferred version. So some people might be reading out of NIV or something like that, right? But 
just know that if I don't read your specific version that you favor, it's not because I don't like you. It's just those are the four that I typically kind of, you know, go back and forth in. But but what did we learn here with with chapter six, Job chapter six? What I think we learned, okay, this is just what I think here, is, you know, in the midst of Job's immense suffering that we have seen so far in the first six chapters, we witness a very profound exploration of the human condition, right? Job, who is a man who pretty much lost everything, I mean, everything, he lost his kids, his health diminished to just painful existence, right? And he's left to grapple with the weight of his anguish. And he longs for understanding. He's trying to figure what happened, right? And compassion and a reprieve from his pain. That's what he's longing for. Understanding, compassion, and reprieve from his pain. Now, however, his friends who should offer solace, instead, they pretty much offer misguided counsel. And we have friends like that. I know we have friends like that. And so in this passage, you know, we're reminded of a very fundamental truth here. Uh, the power of empathy and compassion in the face of adversity, right? Because Job's friends fail to provide the comfort that he so desperately seeks, right? They're not being true friends. They're not being the friends that Job is really needing. You see, they offer words that are like tasteless food to the starving soul, but they misjudge and misunderstand his pain emphasizing judgment over empathy, right? And so as we reflect on this text, we can actually draw some serious parallels to our own lives and the world that we live in today. Now, many people out there are grappling with their own trials and tribulations, right? And it's, it's, it's very easy for us to become like Job's friends, um, offering solutions, right? And judgments instead of the empathy and compassion that are often needed. And, um, yeah, like Rietta said, they definitely missed the mark as friends. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I will even say this. I think this happens to be one of the, a big argument point for a lot of men and women who are married to each other, right? See, men, we're big fixers, as you all know. Ladies, you know that. Men, we, we know that about ourselves. We, we like to fix things, right? We like to offer solutions, and when, a, when our wives come to us with problems, right, the first thing we want to jump to is, all right, let's fix this. Let me grab my tools, right? I hate to break it to you, men. You don't have tools with the kind of problems women are expressing to you, all right? My wife often tells me this. Well, this is sometimes something we kind of struggle with every once in a while, right? All she wants is somebody who just wants to listen. She just wants to vent and unload what, what she's thinking, right? Yes, it's a problem, but is it a problem that she's obsessing about? No, she just wants to unload and, and, and be, you know, she just wants you to be a sounding board. That's it. The only tools you need is your ears and to shut your mouth. That's it. And she will often say that to me because me, sometimes I get frustrated. I'm like, okay, well, you need, really need to not let this bother you. And this is how, like, like let's get into this. Like, let, let's, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. She doesn't want that, right? She does not want that. She's like, look, I don't need you to help me fix this. What I just need you to do is just shut up and listen, right? See, Job's friends weren't doing that. They weren't showing empathy. They weren't showing compassion. And as men, we often have a hard time doing that. And so sometimes, look, there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? 
And so like in our current modern world where divisiveness and judgment can be all too common, we must strive to be different among the rest, right? We have to break the mold. And we must be like the friends that Job longed for, offering kindness, a listening ear, right? A heart willing to understand the pain of others. See, we need to resist the temptation to rush to judgment or provide quick fixes, right? Recognizing that sometimes honest words can be painful, but yet they must be spoken with compassion. Um, I like what Rietta was saying right here. She says, and if, if for those of you out there that might be brand new to, which I don't think a lot of you here listening live are, but for people that might be listening on the download side down the road, and you might be new to this show, I often like to engage with the listeners here in the live chat, which is one of the re benefits of listening in the live chat. Now, most of the time, this is an evening show, but unless it's a day off, I will do one in the morning. Um, Rietta is a friend of ours. She is also in the California General General Assembly. And um, and so she she's also a really awesome prayer warrior, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, you know, you'll hear me refer to Oscar and Rietta or Destry or Coastal Runner or Nancy or whatever, right? Um, the regulars that come here a lot. If you become a regular and if you contribute positively to the conversation, I will read it. Just FYI. It's, it's, a, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's fun when we can all be part of the show, right? Um, but she says, once a woman understands that men want to fix it, then we can relax and realize that our own men truly want to help. You know, if we don't want the advice, then we need to keep it to ourselves or speak to another woman. LOL. Uh, I and that is so true. That is so absolutely true. Right. Um, and, and this is, this is the, the problem, you know, that I think why a lot of men and women argue is because that understanding hasn't been uh, comprehended yet. Right. And like Nancy was saying, this is absolutely correct. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, with Job, his plea for compassion reminds us that our words and actions can either uplift or further burden those who are suffering. Right. It's important that we need to remember the power of empathy and compassion. Right. Reaching out to those in need and being a source of comfort and support. Just as Job yearned for his, you know, from his friends. And in doing so, we honor the message of this passage by reflecting the enduring wisdom that compassion in the face of suffering is a healing balm for the human soul. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, and like Retta was also adding to the comments here, God made us different for a reason. Why do you think that book exists? Men are from Mar Mars and women are for Venus. I mean, we are two different creatures, right? I don't want to say creatures. Creatures is kind of a bad word, but we are two different um, creations of God, right? So anyway, I tell you, Job is a very profound book. I really, I think I've read through the book of Job maybe three or four times now. It's a good, good book. I love the ending though, because of, you know, what God does for him during his, um, you know, ad adversity and all the things that he, he suffered and endured. All right. Now, what I want to get into, let me, I want to play. Now, this piece I'm going to play, it's only, I don't know, 20, 29 seconds. Okay. It's 29 seconds. It was with Biden. 
Okay, the video is actually Biden at the UN, supposedly, right? The UN. All right. Uh, there's much I could talk about that whole thing, but we're just going to leave that alone in that whole Kabuki theater thing. But now keep in mind the audio piece that I'm playing. No, he did not really say these words at the UN. Okay. Just, I, I need to put this out there. Destry sent this to me and I thought this was absolutely great. This is meant to be a comical segment for, for a minute. Okay. Before we get into the serious stuff. All right. But you and I'll post it on Telegram. It's comical. All right. It shows Biden at the head talking in front of the UN. But this is the audio that was dubbed over. Listen to this. (laughs) I see so many people from around the world here today that should be working at 7-Eleven. Just remember, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. (laughs) I mean, poor kids are just as bright as white kids. And all kids, no matter their color, can jump on my lap and rub my leg down. Anyway, Corn Pop was a bad dude. (laughs) Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, but if that doesn't, ex- if those few lines that were dubbed over there in the 32nd audio piece of it, it just it illustrating how much of a moron he is, because I mean, obviously he really said those things, but not at the UN, of course, but you know, in, in his recent times here, um, within, I don't know when, you know, a lot of these were different time periods, but he really said these things, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. The things that make you could go, wow. Like Rietta just said, yeah, wow. <laughs> but you know what's funny? As far as when you look at the people at the UN, I will say I will agree with that assessment. If he, if anybody would have really said that to them, I see a lot of people here that should be working at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> it's probably true. Oh, Lord, heaven help us. All right. Now, the next thing I wanted to play... Um, Crap, there was something else. Um, no, I'm not going to play that. That's too long of an audio. Okay. Um, all right. We're going to get into... I'm going to leave that piece for last. I'm sorry, guys. I'm like, I, I did not figure out what sequence um, I, on how I wanted to play these videos. I guess let's play this one first. Okay, so... Again, with every illness or disease, it starts with just one sick cell, right? Just one ailing cell, like we were discussing. Let's listen to this. Um, it's 90 seconds. Let's listen to this audio piece real quick. Um, again, understanding what uh, autophagy fasting is all about, okay? And I've done this. It works. And it feels great, right? Autophagy fasting, what's yeah. that? So autophagy fasting is about 17 hours in without without food, your cells will turn within and they'll start to heal themselves. And that was what Dr. Osumi's big uh, discovery was, is that the cells clean themselves up. So what's interesting on this one, and this is something I really want to get out to the world, is that when you stimulate autophagy, what you're doing is you're turning on the intelligence inside the cell and that intelligence is looking around and it's going hey there's a virus there's a bacteria get them out so let's push these infections out of the cell 
that mitochondria, it's not working well. We need to repair it. That endoplasmic reticulum inside here, it's, it's lagging. We need to fix it. So it literally goes in and fixes everything inside the cell just at 17 hours. But one of the greatest studies that was I've seen in fasting was done during COVID. And it showed that if a virus comes into a cell that's in a state of autophagy, it can't replicate. Viruses have to live off of your energy system. So when viruses go into a cell that's laden with glucose, they have a party in there. They love that. They munch on that and then they go out and they start replicating. If you were in a fasted state when a virus comes in, it can't replicate. There's nothing inside that cell for that virus to take over and it dies. Yeah. So obviously a lot can be said about the whole virus thing and, you know, the true existence of viruses versus, you know, parasitic uh infiltration in the body and things like that that's a whole different topic for a different day but aside from that the whole um autophagy uh, autophagy of uh I, I believe i'm pronouncing that right of, of fasting all right basically just you know long periods of fasting she was saying uh studies of fasting 17 hours or longer right um how, you know the explaining the benefits of that um I, I like i said i typically fast about 20 hours a day I eat one meal a day, generally speaking, unless it's, um, you know, a day off, then I kind of, you know, I'm a little bit of a pig, but um, not by much. You'd be surprised. Um, but I do eat more than just one meal during my days off. But generally when I'm in the middle of my work week, yeah, I fast for 20 to 22 hours a day. And I get so many people to ask me, like, how do you even do that? Like, how do you, don't you feel t like, don't you feel shaky or get fatigued or get, you know, hunger pains or or you know anything like that no because what she was saying is your body will burn that you know that the the carbohydrates out of your body first before it starts burning your fat as fuel okay which some in the you know health you know naturopath community will say that's called being fat adaptive right you're burning fat for fuel that's when your body enters that state of ketosis now, like I've said, I have done the keto thing, diet, whatever you want to call it, for at least a year. I lost 49 pounds and then COVID scamdemic happened and, you know, turned me into a, and I shouldn't say it turned me into anything. I allowed myself, all right, to turn myself into a fat boy again, right? I allowed myself to consume excess alcohol and eat lots of garbage that we otherwise wouldn't have, you know, consumed. Uh, being, you know, secluded to our properties and locked in our homes, right? So I don't want to say anybody made me do anything. I allowed that. So I own that. And I'm working on repairing and reversing all of that. Okay. So let me just be clear. I own my mistakes. All right. That's another thing a lot of people don't know how to do in this country. But the thing is, is that when you fast, and you get all that junk burned out of your body, you really don't feel the urge to eat. Like when I started taking this ivermectin, by the way, I don't feel an urge to consume sugar or sweets. And you want to know why? Because parasites and cancer cells, which again, I think can be argued, cancer cells are parasitic in nature. They live off sugar. That's why when people do ketosis and if they have cancer, it has been shown that people have gotten rid of their cancer by getting rid of sugar out of their bodies. Now, remember, again, this is not a health show, ladies and gentlemen. All the stuff that is being said here 
are thoughts, opinions, and statements that are based off of just, you know, again, not real, you know, just, just, they're just opinions. All right. Just covering my bases here. But again, it has been read and said on certain medical journals and stuff like that, that yes, when you starve the body of sugar, it kills cancer. And ever since I started taking ivermectin as a preventative measure, this is Jason Jones speaking. Okay. What I do, I'm not telling you what you need to do, but what I do, um, sorry about that. Um, I don't feel the urge to want to eat or consume sugar. And I tell you what, I feel great when I wake up. I feel absolutely amazing when I get up. Rietta was just saying the alkaline diet is of utmost importance. Yes, your pH level, maintaining a certain pH in your body is key. Yeah. Cancer loves sugar and inactivity, she says. Yes. Now, here's another audio piece. This is a little longer than 90 seconds. It's about five minutes long. Okay. It's about how the Rockefellers took control of the medical schools. Give this a listen to if you haven't already heard it before. At the dawn of the 20th century, John Rockefeller's ruthless maneuvering, including bribery, price fixing, corporate espionage, and creating shell companies to conduct illegal activities, had won his Standard Oil Company control of 90% of U.S. oil production and made him the richest man in world history with a net worth of over half a trillion of today's dollars. In 1911, the Supreme Court ruled that Standard Oil constituted an unreasonable monopoly and splintered the behemoth into 34 companies that became Exxon, Mobil, Chevron, Amoco, Marathon, and others. Ironically, the breakup increased rather than diminished Rockefeller's personal wealth. Rockefeller donated an additional $100 million from that windfall to his philanthropic front group, the General Education Board, to cement the streamlining and homogenization of medical schools and hospitals. A pill for an ill became his foundation slogan. In 1913, he incorporated the Rockefeller Foundation a congressional investigation described the foundation as a self-serving artifice posing a menace to the future political and economic welfare of the nation. Using his foundation's wealth and influence and working with his friend Andrew Carnegie, Rockefeller dispatched educator Abraham Flexner on a cross-country tour to catalog the status of America's 155 medical colleges and hospitals. The Rockefeller Foundation's Flexner Report recommended centralizing America's medical schooling and reorienting these institutions according to germ theory, which held that germs alone cause disease, and advocated for the pharmaceutical paradigm, which emphasized targeting particular germs with specific drugs rather than fortifying the immune system through healthy eating, clean water, and good nutrition. With that narrative in hand, Rockefeller financed the campaign to consolidate mainstream medicine, adopt the philosophies of the growing pharmaceutical industry, and shutter its competition. Rockefeller's crusade caused the closure of more than half of American medical schools, fostered public and press scorn for homeopathy, osteopathy, chiropractic, nutritional, 
holistic, functional, integrative, and natural medicines, and led to the incarceration of many practicing physicians. To reassure public politicians and press of its benign purposes, the Rockefeller Foundation declared its ambition to eliminate hookworm, malaria, and yellow fever. The Rockefeller Sanitary Commission for the Eradication of Hookworm Disease sent teams of doctors, inspectors. Now keep in mind, you know what hook, hook, hookworms are. That's a parasite. Why do you think they don't want ivermectin out there in the public purview? Ivermectin kills parasites like hookworms, continuing. And lab technicians to administer deworming medication across 11 southern states. These ambassadors systematically exaggerated the medication's efficacy, glossed over its regular fatalities, and through the graces of Rockefeller's mercenary army of journalists for hire, ignited enough favorable interest for the foundation to justify the proposed expansion into the colonized world. The Rockefeller Foundation's carefully heralded public health attainments eclipsed popular revulsion for the many abuses Americans associated with the standard oil petroleum empire. Its patronage of the League of Nations Health Organization gave the Rockefeller Foundation global reach and an impressive cortege of high-level contacts among the international elites. The Rockefeller Foundation provided almost half the budget for the organization following its founding in 1922 and populated the ranks with its veterans and favorites. The Rockefeller Foundation imbued the league with its philosophy, structure, values, precepts, and ideologies, all of which its successor body, the World Health Organization, inherited at its inauguration in 1948. By the time John D. Rockefeller disbanded the Rockefeller Foundation's International Health Division in 1951, it had spent the equivalent of billions of dollars on tropical disease campaigns in almost 100 countries and colonies. But these projects were window dressings for the Foundation's more venal preoccupations. According to a 2017 report, U.S. Philanthropic Capitalism and the Global Health Agenda. The E-Day fix was opening developing world markets for U.S. oil, mining, pharmaceutical, telecom, and banking multinationals, in which the found. Yeah, so it was that was all that was part of that video, but I'm sure it looked like there's more to it. I'd like to try to find that whole video. That seemed very compelling. Um, but, you know, this is exactly what they've been trying to do. Again, they've been trying to. They, I say try, they were successful in, 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 in large um, with taking over the medical schools, right? Um, training doctors how to not cure diseases and parasites, right? How to actually feed it and how to increase it. I mean, why do you think the Food and Drug Administration is part of the same administration? Why do you think it's part of the same department? Food and Drug Administration. Let's continue to produce food, quote unquote, right? Produce, pr produce in a factory where it will make people sick. Um, it increases parasites. It will, uh, let's increase it with sugar. So the sugar feeds the parasites while um, giving, quote unquote, medicine, right? The drugs that the pharmaceuticals create uh, that we can profit off of and create a band aid, right? Never really getting to the root cause of the problem, which is, um, 
in large part parasite infiltration of the body. Therefore, it breaks our bodies down, which is why our life expectancy has been sucking. And, um, you know, we make money while keeping them sick and we just continue to profit off of them. And, and listen, if it, it achieves part of the agenda of our depopulation agenda, then, hey, then that's a win win. See, that's what they want. They See, healthy people don't make the money. And it's just that you see, do you see and understand the insidious tactics at play here? This is why we need to pay attention, ladies and gentlemen, to all aspects of our life, what we put in our bodies, what we allow into our brains, what music we listen to. We need to pay attention to every single thing, what's happening at our school boards, um, if your children are still in those public indoctrination systems. But me personally, I strongly advocate for homeschooling. That's what my wife and I do, or I should say that's what my wife does, but uh, that's what the Jones household does. Now, the last audio that I'm going to play here is by Ronald Reagan, all right? It's titled, Pay Attention Like Your Country Depends On It, because it does. This is very, very important. It's three minutes and 52 seconds long. This is the whole purpose of the show. But I absolutely think this is worth listening to and allowing to be internalized and to give more thought about how we, you and I, have to become part of the remedy of helping fix our country and, and where it's at and where it has to go. All right. So let's play this three minutes, 52 seconds. Because we're a great nation, our challenges seem complex. It will always be this way. But as long as we remember our first principles and believe in ourselves, the future will always be ours and something else we learn. Once you begin a great movement, there's no telling where it'll end. We, the people. We, the people, tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We, the people, are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go, and by what route, and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our Constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, are free. But man is not free unless government is limited. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. As government expands, liberty contracts. Nothing is less free than pure communism. We must keep up our guard. But we must also continue to work together to lessen and eliminate tension and mistrust. It's still trust, but verify. It's still play, but cut the cards. It's still watch closely, and don't be afraid to see what you see. You won every battle with every call you made and letter you wrote demanding action. Well, action is still needed. This national feeling is good but it won't count for much and it won't last unless it's grounded in thoughtfulness and knowledge. An informed patriotism is what we want. And are we doing a good enough job teaching our children what America is and what she represents in the long history of the world? We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, and freedom is special and rare. It's fragile. It needs production. 
So we've got to teach history based not on what's in fashion, but what's important. Why the pilgrims came here, who Jimmy Doolittle was, and what those 30 seconds over Tokyo meant. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. Let's start with some basics. More attention to American history and a greater emphasis on civic ritual. And let me offer lesson number one about America. All great change in America begins at the dinner table. So tomorrow night in the kitchen, I hope the talking begins. And children, if your parents haven't been teaching you what it means to be an American, let them know and nail them on it. That would be a very American thing to do. I've spoken of the shining city all my political life, but I don't know if I ever quite communicated what I saw when I said it. But in my mind, it was a tall, proud city built on rocks stronger than oceans, windswept, God-blessed, and teeming with people of all kinds, living in harmony and peace. Goodbye, God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful and profound. You know, he said a few things there that I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit here. Informed patriots is what we want. We want informed patriots, right? Informed patriots is what, I don't want to say it. An informed patriot is exactly what is needed uh, to turn our country around, to return back to self-governance, right? To establish, to reestablish common law. So we can't return to any of these things if we are not informed, if we are not educated. That is what we do within the assembly, all right, the reassembly of states. This is why there is such a concerted effort among many groups that are working together and trying to dogpile on the people who reassemble their respective states, which is part of the school, which is called the National Assembly. They're trying to destroy it and implode it. Just recently, uh, not that long ago, September 16th, there was a group here in Michigan, which I'm not even going to refer to them as any specific group other than a bunch of degenerative, uh, reprobative miscreants. And they put out some fraudulent piece of paper that they called a declaration. And I use that word loosely because it was not a real true declaration. They put something out claiming this, that, and the other, and how the other members, uh, the good members, by the way, in good standing, are, you know, what we're doing and why they're going to separate from us, right? Because we're apparently bad people. And while it'd be very easy to roast these people and to completely destroy them, let's just be clear on this little piece of paper they put out, okay? Now, generally, I don't discuss Michigan General General Assembly business on here. But see, since the MGJA has been um, adjourned and has not uh, adjourned till January of 2024, there's really no business. No business has been discussed, but these reprobates um, they claim to nullify it or to, uh, to, to not, not, not recognize it. Well, I'm sorry, but there's other states, other general assemblies that actually recognize the rightful members or, of the MGJA. But these reprobates, they put out a quote-unquote declaration, right? 
of uh you know i guess what do they call it i don't even know let I, I have to look at it again. I can't even remember now. Something of a unlaw, you know, uh, obstruction of a lawful process or some garbage like that. See, these people, what they do, and this is exactly what narcissists do. They, 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 they project what they are doing onto others. Right? They are the ones that are typically guilty of what they are accusing good people of doing. This is their sick little twisted mental games they like to try to play. They're mind games. They're gaslighters. They're idiots. And we know it. Now, yes, I know people come to this platform and they say, well, Jason, how could you say that? You know, you got the face of Christ on your logo, right? That doesn't seem very Christian. You know, shouldn't we be compassionate towards these people pray for our enemies like shouldn't we be you know shouldn't we be nice nicer right like jason it seems like you're always roasting these people yes it does sound like that and it's because i am it doesn't mean that i'm not praying for them look let me be perfectly clear in my wording i hope one day that these people see what they're doing i hope they understand one day the ramifications of what their actions are going to, you know, how it's going to affect their lives and how it'll affect the progress of what we're trying to do, which is achieve, achieve freedom, true freedom, liberty, right? Sovereignty. We want to shrink big brother government into small limited government. We want to take our lives back in our own hands. We're tired of the taxation without representation. We're tired of our children being wards of the state. And I'm tired of we, the people getting steamrolled. Now, I don't know who's paying these people. I don't know who they work for. I have an idea. We all have an idea. But the bottom line is, is yes, I do pray for these people. And my sincere hope is that they turn from their wicked ways. Now, will they? I don't know. But listen, God made me a certain way. And I'm not using it as an excuse to roast people. But look, he knows how I am. He knows I don't give a crap. He knows that I will speak my mind. And he knows that I will not let the words and opinions of others hinder what I'm going to do anyways, because he knows I'm going to press forward. Maybe that's why he called me to do this podcast, because I could take the criticisms. I could take the verbal attacks, and I have. And I don't care what people say about me. I don't give a crap. Now, that's not saying that I purposely set out to offend people on purpose. That's not my goal. I don't try to be a bully. It's not my goal. I don't like bullies. Bullies need their butts kicked. But what I will do is I will call out evil. I will call out wrongdoing. And I will do it in the style that Jason Jones knows how to do. But yes, I will pray for these people. Okay. But this declaration they put out is so fraudulent on its face. And yes, it got dealt with. We responded. And you'll see the response, I'm sure, at some point on the national-assembly.net. Yes, these people do not have any standing. They don't have a foundation. But at the same time, they are doing what AVR did back in 2019, and they are trying to split the assembly yet again. And when we have the proper response out there, the people that decided to go to the reprobate side, thinking that it's the correct side, 
if they have half a brain and a couple brain cells to rub together, they will be asking these people, Hey, um, they rebutted your claims and your declarations. So sounds pretty serious and it sounds like they actually have some pretty big legs to stand on strong legs too at that you see their little declaration they redacted their autographs right now let me tell you a little something when you put out a declaration yeah you re- you can redact your your signatures your autographs when you put it in public purview right for the world to see but when you name specific people in this piece of paper they call a declaration all right it's about as worthless as our money um you have to let your names be known so we know who our accusers are right that's what you got to do but they didn't do that see that automatically right there makes that piece of paper void among the many other things and there's no due process right there's a lot of things wrong with that document i shouldn't even call it a document with that piece of paper And so, not to mention, no notary. There are so many things wrong with this. But I, like, again, I'm not going to sit here and pick it apart. But at the end of the day, this is why I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, be very cautious in who you entrench yourself with. Understand what you're involved in and learn where your rightful place is if you are indeed trying to reassemble your state because i'm going to tell you right now if you're with the charlatans and gang out there all right i'm going to tell you right now you're going to get yourself in a whole lot of trouble and i'm not saying that to be funny i'm saying that to try to hopefully protect the good men and women who truly want to make change okay you gotta watch it do your research ask god for discernment he will guide you But if you don't do any of that, then I guess you deserve what you deserve. That's all I'm going to say on the subject. So, um, I see my wife finally popped in here. Um, I wonder if she's willing to share her experience on the ionized foot detox real quick, because I was hoping she would. Um, Hey, babe, if you can in the chat. Oh, she says can't yet. Okay. Maybe we'll do that a different day. Maybe, I guess. Okay. Well, then what we'll do, we're already an hour and 13 minutes in anyways. Um, Let's do a prayer. All right. So, dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in times of pain and adversity. And just as Job did in his moment of deep suffering, we acknowledge that in our trials, we often seek understanding and compassion. And we are reminded of the importance of extending uh, that same compassion to others. Lord, we grant, or I should say, Lord, grant us the wisdom to be compassionate and empathetic towards those who are hurting. Help us to be like the friends that Job longed for, right? Offering comfort and listening ear and warmth of your love to those in need. You know, in a world that sometimes can be quick to judge, we just ask that you help us be slow to condemn, um, you know, slow to condemn and quick to extend a hand of understanding and support. Give us the strength to speak honest words with gentleness and to recognize that sometimes the pain of truth can lead to healing, right? And we also lift up our enemies to you. Lord, we pray that you may touch their hearts and lead them to the path of Jesus Christ. And may your love and grace transform their lives like you transformed ours. 
right? Turning their hearts away from the animosity and, um, and, and turn it towards the love and forgiveness um, that Christ offers. So, uh, hold on. So I'm sorry. I was just reading some. So anyway, but we pray for reconciliation and healing in our relationships, even with those who have been adversaries. Help us to see the potential and transformation in every heart and to trust in your redemptive power. And then Rietta adds, so let me scroll up because there's a lot, of, a lot of comments going. That's part of my reason for pausing. I was reading. Uh, Rietta adds to the prayer, Father, we know you made us fearfully and wonderfully. Help us to take care of the temple in which the Holy Spirit lives. Help us, Lord, to have wisdom and discernment to make the right decision. And Lord, thank you for the natural medication that you have given us. Lord, raise up more people to trust you more. Thank you, Lord, for your guidance. To you, Father, be the glory in Jesus' name. And then she also adds, Lord, we know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We ask for continued favor against the attack of the assembly. Lord, please clean out the evil and raise up warriors. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Uh, let me, before I hit, before I say amen, let me just read on, just to make sure there's nothing else here. Okay. Yeah, and then we pray all these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Rietta was asking a question. I know it was answered here in the chat by my wonderful, beautiful wife, but I am going to address it. She was saying, question, did the National Assembly... Dot net, dot, national-assembly.net website get hacked. For a few days now, when I try to look at it, this is what it says. This site can't be reached. Yes, so the what is occurring right now is it, it the servers are being upgraded because the servers that the website was on are outdated and um, kind of, I don't want to say being, they're not obsolete, but they're, they're, they're outdated and they're slow. So all the information, which there's a lot of information, there's a lot of stuff that's being transferred um, and different IP addresses are being used. Because here's the thing, I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen the reports, uh, Destry has showed me them. Um, you would not believe the high levels of hack attacks that occur on that website. Now, fortunately, his you know national-assembly.net website is very fortified. It's, it's so secure that even Destry sometimes in certain aspects has a hard time getting in on the back end. Um, so what's happening is it's going through a, um, a transition from a different server to an upgraded server. So that's what's occurring. Okay. So give it some time. There has been, I guess, a couple little issues. Um, but yes, um, it's getting more protected because right now more than ever is when it's going to be needed because Destry has shown me reports on specific times where there'll be thousands of attacks within an hour, within an hour, thousands of attack, uh, hack attack attempts, thousands. And that's not an exaggeratory number, folks. I know I can be exaggeratory in some cases with numbers, but that number is not exaggeratory. That is an actual fact thousands within an hour or two it's insane again you have to understand what we represent as we reassemble you have to understand why the reassembly of states is so relevant they don't want this to succeed you want to know why because it's going to work folks see we're not doing this for our health we're doing this for our people god's people right and yes we are the target 
Leslie Liberty said it right here. We are on target, but we are also the target. Understand how big this is. This is bigger than you and I. And this is why we are under such attack. This is why I've been under attack digitally, right? I've had a lot of things happen. And one of the best things I've ever done was upgrade my computer and got Linux on this on, on this as an operating system because it makes it harder to, to uh, you know, mess with. But remember, we will triumph. We will win. All right, we will win. Um, these people, they cannot succeed for very long. All right. They will not succeed. So with that said, I hope you all have an excellent day, an excellent morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you may be in the world. And just remember, keep your eyes on God. Ask for discernment. Keep your, you know, keep Christ Jesus in your heart. He will guide you. All right. Don't fear. Don't be riddled with anxiety. Don't stress about the unknown. We will be just fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Okay. I hope you all have a great, great day. God bless, ladies and gentlemen.
main concern. America's in distress. Put our future on the line. Look around, it's a mess. We took a turn. Now everything you say is offensive. Then we slowly losing our freedom. Ain't got no defense. We can raise the black flag if they want war. Had mercy for the enemy, but don't know more. We can raise the black flag if they want war. Had mercy for the enemy, but don't know more. I have more. a message from America, America, but I don't know what I can say. They want to silence my voice, taking amendments no. away. Why California feel like communism out in LA? With 20,000 troops in DC, gave them nowhere to stay. With Donald Trump left, he left that shit perfect in place. But Biden killed thousands of jobs on his very first day. Yeah, that's crazy. And I ain't even come to preach no MAGA word, but China's got ships around our coast if you haven't heard it. Now, I don't know if that's a problem for you, but I ain't trying to go out like that after all I've been through. Our Constitution died, I just went and bought me a suit. See, if they come for the guns, Patriots probably gonna shoot. I shouldn't address this, but some men in some dresses can now piss in the ladies' room with your teenage daughter. But hey, equality, right? Tell it to the future victims all around the country. Life's about to get hard and we're making turn america's in distress with our future on the line look around it's a mess we took a turn now everything you say is offensive then we slowly losing our freedom ain't got no defense we can raise the black flag if they want war had mercy for the enemy but don't know more we can raise the black flag if they want war had mercy for the enemy but don't know more now they pushing vaccines on us kind of feel like population control if i'm being honest side effects Cerebral palsy and death, but yet they give it to us and expect us all to eject. We the people, be the pawns, the punching bags, the beat upon. The media conceals a bunch of truth that you should read upon. People acting like they woke. I say America's been stolen. They just laugh like it's a joke. Ain't gonna be nobody laughing in the end because your loss is my loss and they just mastering their plan. Aren't you excited? While hate is so invited, our states are not united, our races are divided. You still need proof of the elite when the American president couldn't even make a tweet on what them trading apps did for hedge funds on Wall Street and stole from millions of people in the GameStop and AMC and what we do. We sit back and take it, we'll get the loot. Long as they have that Dominion voting system, we screwed. And that's the truth. So patriots take a stand, cause don't nobody care about that SOS in the sand. We're making certain. America's in distress with our future on the line. Look around, it's a mess. We took a turn. Now everything you say is offensive. And we slowly losing our freedom and got no defense. We can raise the black flag if they want war. Had mercy for the enemy, but don't know more. We can raise the black flag if they want war. Had mercy for the enemy, but don't know more. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. We are firm. We are steadfast and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show.
Don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time.